What is the best university ever? Welcome to Iowa, where you can write your own story. Choose from over 200 areas of study, including a dozen programs ranked in the top 10. Roll up your sleeves and try something new. You never know where it might take you. This story is written, directed, and produced by you. Learn more at uiowa.edu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everyone into the Archie experience. You know who I is. And as you can tell by the episode title, it's Cole Koablik from the uh, SEC Network, ESPN, WJOX FM uh, in Birmingham. Uh, let's see, AL.com. Um, most of our dreams as well. Um, Cole, you are a, uh, you're a, you're an interesting figure. You know that you're, you're all over the place football season. People, people love this about you. At one point people didn't like you. You remember that? <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of people that still don't. That's a good that's point. A, uh, that's, a, that's a very real thing. So, yeah. Well, I uh, I think there's a, I think there are a lot of people that never will. So you just but, you just kind of you go with it. You learn how to how to figure it out. I I live. I remember. I'm old enough to remember a time when I didn't think that worm would ever turn. So like that, some people would actually turn to enjoy what you do and who you are, not just the hardcore, like Joe Moore award, like Twitter followers, like guys, like the people genuinely find you to be a, a much, a much uh, lovable character on the air. And then when you get on the radio, uh, you piss some people off. So that's good. What, uh, what was that moment? Like take us back to that moment when you never thought that that was going to change. Oh, probably the, um, first time i interned for you um back at another radio station it's like this guy's a this guy's a rough character all right i don't know what people are gonna let love about him but uh, i grew to love you pretty easily because i always thought you were just sort of fair and football heavy and that was kind of what i was into so uh but i, th- I thought you were gonna say when i tweeted a picture of aj mccarran in a boot before the virginia tech game i'll tell you what that's you know, Cole, you've had some great social media moments. I got to be honest with you. Like, that, that, that is one of the first ones where it's like, I think the first one I really remember social media moment from you is when you put out a billboard with just your Twitter handle on it uh, in Huntsville. That was <laughs> that would, literally, that's all the billboard said was at Cole Kublik, which was great. Um, by the way, did you ever track to see? Did you ever I don't know. I, I- I never found it. No, I know. I, I'm supposed to have it. I was supposed to get it after they were done. And then I just never did. And then also, um, I feel like that was way ahead of its time. Oh, because I sure. feel like they just, there just weren't very many people on Twitter when I did that. <laughs> and there was no, I don't think there was an Instagram. So it's like, that could have doubled as both. And yeah, it didn't really, I don't know how much I benefited from that. I think I was around a thousand followers when that happened. I don't think it, I don't think it bumped me. I don't think it moved the, the follower needle very much, but well, a lot also, of people saw it and made fun of it. So that, I guess that mission accomplished. So and then, we'll, then the people that we were working for 
were really mad that I didn't spend money, my money, yeah. on uh, promoting the radio station on the billboard that I paid for. I got, I got in trouble. I got, I got a talking to for that. Hey, how about this? How about you guys spend money on a billboard promoting your radio station? Um, if you want a billboard so badly, um, this was my cash money. But, but what was that, 2012, 11? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, so, probably. So you probably, probably confused more probably people. 10, 11. You probably confuse more people driving past it than you did actually inform that there's a Twitter right. handle to follow. Right. Who People puts like, an at is- sign in front of their name <laughs> and why? Yeah, so so weird. I wanted to have you on to talk about um, specifically and only that Tennessee Ole Miss game from a week and a half ago. Well, I think almost two weeks ago now because it was such a wild and kind of NFL in the stands college football moment that I, I wanted to really <laughs> – uh, dive deep. I, I have like a, a five or six questions I'm really interested in, but I, I want to start with: Did you ever feel like you were in any real danger? No, 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 um, no. And uh, listen, do I want to get hit with a three quarter full Aquafina bottle from thirty rows up? Not particularly, especially in the noggin. I mean, no, that, that probably wouldn't have been too much fun. Uh, or a golf ball, or a vape pen, or anything really. But I mean, I never felt like I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to be able to get out of here or anything like that, you know. And there are there is a there is a pocket of fans that I guess are really got their feelings hurt that I said that if I were Lane Kiffin, I wouldn't have my team out there. And I will still stand by that. I would still say it. And I think. I think the way that they, I mean, you've, you've learned this doing radio for a while that, you know, people hear what they want to hear as, as opposed to what exactly was said. So I said, I, I wouldn't have my team out there. We, like, we would have gone to the locker room and because I was watching the faces of some of the people that were doing it. And I'm seeing some of the players react to things coming down. And my thought was if one of these players gets hit by something and they actually saw who did it, then what are we going to be dealing with? And that's probably a place that none of us really want to go. We, we've seen that once before. We know how that ended. It's not a good place. And especially in college football, in this league that we all love so much, none of us want to go there. None of us even want to be threatened to go there. So when you're talking about having, you know, 75 guys on your travel roster, whatever it was for Ole Miss that day, do you have enough coaches to, to sort of navigate all of that? Like to know specifically this person got hit, this person's upset, this person's going to the crowd. Like, no, I know you don't. I know they don't have the manpower for that. So that was why I said what I said. So, um, you know, those folks that are on radio in Knoxville, can they can continue to be pissed off about that. And they can continue to come at me all they want. Uh, whatever. Doesn't bother me. But the reason I said that was because I sort of had this foreshadowing of the kind of reaction that we could potentially get. And I know I didn't want it. And I know the league wouldn't have wanted it and either fan base wouldn't have wanted it because it would probably change a lot about the process of how we watch football games moving forward. You've uh, talked about uh, playing in Knoxville before. And when it's like rabid, like I think the the, the TV crew did a great job um, by showing 
because those fans in Neyland are sneakily close to the players. Like, I don't think people think about how close the fans are actually to the benches in Neyland Stadium um, to to show sort of the proximity. And then like you're like you're mentioning, like it only takes a couple of steps and you're at the stands. If some dude sees another dude throw like a, a half child filled bottle of something at him and it hits him, it hits him in the helmet or not. And then you just you see red. So. You, you, you want to sort of be able to prevent that. Did you ever think during that entire process that was at well over 20 minutes, almost 30 minutes that like this game might not finish? Um, at first I did. At first I wondered, okay, are they just going to, are they just going to shut this thing down? And then we, we had a conversation from our truck with the director of officiating. And then when I talked to Lane on the sideline, he told me, he said, listen, we're, we, we want to play. We want to finish the game. We're going to do whatever we can to play. I'm ready to play. Like, we're not, we're not trying to shut this thing down. So at that point, I kind of figured, all right, well, I don't know when they're going to do it or how they're going to do it, but they're, they're going to finish this game. And that's the point of the whole thing that is just completely bonkers is that, I mean, Tennessee had three timeouts, an offense that goes super fast against a defense that gives up yards to literally everyone they play. They're, they were way in that game, and then they get the stops, and then they get the ball back, and then they move the ball, and then they have their shots at the end zone. So just kind of wild the way that that thing played out late, but not. And then what, once, we talked to, once we talked to some of the officials from the truck, then we found out that both ADs and the commissioner would have to be involved to actually – forfeit a game or stop a game and not finish a game. We knew that, that they were going to play. It was just going to be a matter of time. It was, I listened to Tom sort of describing that conversation and it's a little more thorough than I expected for, for like, you couldn't just have the officials sort of call the game for sort of any reason. Like the ADs had to come meet uh, at some, some point and say, listen, this is just too much. And again, like you said, there's a minute to go. They get that big punt return after getting the stop. And then if, if Hooker hadn't got hurt for Tennessee, who knows what would have happened. Tennessee may have won that game. If Tennessee wins that game, Cole, after all of that, what in the world? Does Lane Kiffin lose his mind? I don't know. And, I mean, I, <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know what would have been better for everyone involved, Tennessee losing or Tennessee winning. Like, what? <laughs> like, because we already saw – a portion of that crowd lose their minds. Yeah. Like, do they go, do they take the next step if they win or do they, we saw that they lost and nothing really happened. So uh, I think it's a fair question. I think, I think it's an interesting thought. Um, It would have been massive for Josh Heupel. I think he's already ahead of schedule. He's already doing things that we didn't really think were going to be possible this year, but I mean, you get that one and, and all of a sudden, you know, Kentucky looks much more winnable. You're probably going to get Vandy. You're going to get South Alabama. Like, I mean, it's, I, I, I think that changes things. You know, I, I told people a couple of weeks ago that of all the games Georgia had left, the sneaky dangerous game was going to be Tennessee. And it was just because they could go fast. They were going to take shots down the field. We've seen a couple of teams hit a few plays downfield against Georgia. And, you know, it was just, it, it would be sort of a different deal. They had some guys on the perimeter. They had found a quarterback that was able to pull the trigger. And, you know, now that they're kind of beat up, I don't really know if that can be as dangerous as maybe I thought at one point, but who knows what kind of season you're looking at if they find a way to pull that one out. 
Yeah, I'm just also imagining Tennessee comes back and for some reason, you know, um, you know, there isn't a quarterback running out of bounds on a on the last play of the game to sort of ice it for the other team, which had to be really anticlimactic. But if somehow that touchdown scores and Tennessee ends up winning the game, then you have a bunch of Ole Miss players on that same side of the field and students are probably storming the field after the game, the ones that are left. Like it, it, it could have been a scene. It could it like much more of a scene yes. than it already was. I mean, imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what it would have been like. Um, you know, I, I, I would have liked to have seen them win the game just to see how everybody would have reacted. Um, I would have liked to see know, it happen just so I could see you try to get to Josh Heupel. That that would have been difficult, especially <laughs> considering I was on the opposite sideline. Yep. But uh, yep. yeah, we would we would have been able to make that happen. But still, it's uh, it would have been a it was an incredible. Here's the here's another thing that gets lost in all of this. It was an incredible scene anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got it. We had to get there early because the road closes that we come in on. So we had to, we had to go a little bit early, and we're inside the stadium before the teams get there. We heard ball walk the entire time, and just how loud it was. And then when the fans start coming in, you hear him booing Lane. When he comes in, he's waving at him. That you know kind of gets it going. And then the whole thing that they've redone with the players running through the tee, where you know the ribbon around the upper deck is orange. They got the spotlight down on the players. Like it was really cool. The fireworks, all of it. Like I, I'll stand by what I told you years ago. When every stadium is rolling, like when they're at their best, I still think Neyland's the loudest. And it's it. That place was as close to Neyland as I've seen it in 1999 when I was there the year after they won a national championship and we threw a pick six on the first play of the game. That moment is the loudest stadium I've ever heard. So they, they were close to being back to that. That's what it was supposed to be. And they gave it to you for three and a half quarters. Um, the proximity of the players, you're right with that. The only other one that's closer, I think is Florida. Uh, because if you go look at, at Georgia, Alabama and Auburn, they're all kind of that same. It's almost like the, the footprint, out around the field is almost football shaped. And so you have all that extra space from the bench back to where the crowd begins. You know, A&M's gotten a little bit closer. It's probably about the same as Tennessee. Um, Vanderbilt doesn't really matter, although it is really close on that visiting side. But usually it's all visiting fans anyway, mm-hmm. uh, at least the games I've been to. So, yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're on top of you for the most part. So all of that helps in making it an amazing place to watch a football game and to play in a football game. I got just two more questions and I'll let you run out of here. I, I think it's fascinating to sort of, you know, and I, and I followed your career from, uh, from the beginning specifically only you, I have an autographed Gatorade bottle that allegedly you used uh, while you were at Auburn. Uh, that's how much of a cold Cuba guy I am. I found that on eBay or you may have given it to me. One or the other. Um, I, th- I, I think watching some of the progress you've made in some of these moments that have happened in your career is really kind of wild to see how you're at the center of a lot of crazy moments in college football. How does this one compare? Like if you were to rank them as far as just out of body, wild experiences as a sideline reporter slash commentator, is this, is this the top? Uh, I probably still have Tom Herman at the top. Um, but that was pregame, because, right? Because you were asking Tom Herman about, you know, whether or not he was going to go to uh, get a text. Yeah, it, I mean, if if you don't, I mean, 
if you want to count it that way, no, I'm just fine. Kidding. Actually, in game, yeah, I would say, yeah, that that then obviously we'd have a different list. I would st- <laughs> probably still say the deal with the official was was, was uh, still number one, just Cole, because of Cole him checking in the official at an Arkansas game is phenomenal. I I, listen, <laughs> um, I I still hope you did that on purpose. Well, there was a lot of I didn't, and there were a lot of things that happened behind the scenes with that that made it you know a little bit out of control too. Um, so yeah, that, that would have been up there. Um, but tennis, this is, this is probably top three for sure. I mean, we had, like you said, we had 30 minute delay in a yeah. game in which the people who were delaying its team still had a real chance to maybe win the game. So what, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then I, honestly, the, the part that's the craziest about it is probably the reaction from a certain small portion of the fan base since, and that is feeling completely vilified and justified that all of that took place and all of it happened and attacking people who were covering it for sharing what they were seeing and telling you how it was happening. And then thinking that you were somehow saying, Hey, I think these are bad people or, Hey, I'm going to exaggerate the danger that I'm involved in because I don't know. I don't like this team or I want to make people mad or whatever it was. It's just, it's ridiculous. Pretty sure you set out to make them look bad when you guys were bringing up the golf ball and the mustard bottle. Like that's clearly you guys were baiting Tennessee fans. That's all that was. It's not like that happened. Uh, it no, was, was the all- goal. The, yeah. The goal is just to make people mad, just to fire up Twitter. Yeah. We can do that every game. Then we'll be okay. So. Okay. Uh, last question. The, the kind of heat that was on the field at that moment and again, reiterate, Tennessee's coming back um, like to Tennessee form, not necessarily in that game, but they're trying. Um, there's that close play uh, for the officials on the marker on that fourth down that really got everyone obviously fired up for this. Uh, it's a ranked Ole Miss team coming in with the Heisman <laughs> hopeful. Um, it's a big-time environment, as you mentioned, ball walk. It, it's crazy there. The kind of heat that was happening in that moment, is there anything – comparable like is that as hot as you felt the crowd since that Tennessee Al, Al, Tennessee uh, Auburn game that that, that, that you were in because that was like what they call in wrestling heat that that's a lot of yeah like th- they were not happy those officials were not having a great day no and and so let's just let's just burn the whole thing down uh the two plays that okay first off like sidebar sort of here it's a like Tom Hart had a great quote after the game we were talking. He said, one unfortunate part of this is that all the injury stuff sort of gets lumped into the officiating category. And I had never really thought of it that way, but that's super accurate because there are a lot of players that most likely, and again, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, most likely faked injuries in that game. <laughs> Okay, because I, you know, none of us, when we're having a live broadcast, still really know where to live when those things happen because it's only going to take one of us that says, you know, this is ridiculous. These kids going down, and the next day his coach said he's out for the year with an ACL, and no one's going to ever let you even, like, no fan base is going to let you be on the call of a game again. So you just, you still have to sort of approach that with kid gloves, but. I think that did play a role in the frustration. There's no doubt, but it absolutely happened on both sides. I saw multiple instances 
where two Tennessee players went down and one located that the other was down and decided to get up and not be injured anymore. So Ole Miss may have won with the amount of maybe fake injuries, but let's not act like they were the only team doing it. Um, the two big calls. First off the spot, I just think, I mean, I've, I've gone back and watched the views that I have via film. I've watched the TV copy, and I, I think they got it right. Based on the views that you have and where the ball was, I think they got it right. Um, the other call was the Matt Corral fumble, which I, I agree with Tennessee fans that they should be frustrated about that. However, if the way that it was ruled, I believe it was correctly called. And the way that it was ruled was that he had given himself up. Now, I believe that Matt's, I, I believe he thought he heard a whistle. So he stopped. So if you're judging right there, you ruled that the quarterback's given himself up. He's down via contact. So when he's touched, he's down. The play is dead. It's over. So when the defender takes him and sort of, you know, side suplexes him or DDTs him and the ball comes flying out, the play's already dead. So it doesn't matter. However, the officials did the right thing by letting the play continue and then be able to go back and look at it via replay. I think the officials could have done a better job explaining that. That's the one thing that I took away from the officiating in that game for me was that on that specific play, I feel like the officials could have done a better job explaining the how and why they got to where they did. Because when you just watch it from the stands and saw it on replay a couple of times, you're probably like, what the hell? Like the ball came out. We saw the ball come out. We saw him pick it up. We saw him scoop and score. Like, what are you debating? But I didn't feel like the explanation was as clear as maybe it needed to be. So I actually think the two calls that got everybody into this firestorm, I think the officials actually got them both right. Yeah, but I think you could also tell you're, you're right that the, the, it was a buildup of the entire night. The the call that was sure. perceived to be missed and not explained correctly. Uh, the 77 to 79 injuries that happened um, more than I think we've seen in any recent war. Um, and uh, the fact that that spot at the very end was so close that it didn't go their way. And still they had a chance to win the game and they're throwing bottles on the field. It's um it was a wild game. And Cole, you were you were near the the epicenter of that too. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because it had heat just like you have heat, Cole. Um, so um what are you predicting this weekend? Uh what kind of bizarre instance do you have uh happening? Do we are are we seeing like a a, a zero zero game to the fourth, and then we have to see paper, rock, scissors after the 13th overtime. What do we got going on here? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'll be in Starkville, you know, Kentucky at Mississippi State. I Love think Mississippi game. State is still like the weirdest team in college football. You just don't know what you're going to get. It might be really good. It might be bad. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. And then I think because of the Kentucky-Georgia game and then them having a week off that we've kind of gotten away from the potential of what Kentucky has in front of them this year. Completely agree. And, you know, they're on the, this is the last stretch of that sort of celebrity death match October <laughs> that at the beginning of the season, we all looked at and said, Oh no, 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 no. Like, there's no way they can survive that. Like, are they going to even be alive when we get <laughs> to the end of that? Like, are they even going to be able to breathe and like pretend to go play football? But when we first saw the schedule come out, you looked at it and you said, all right, you've got 
South Carolina on the road, Florida, LSU, at Georgia, at Mississippi State. So this is kind of the last one, and then things taper off a little bit. Now, I'll, I'll say the Tennessee game following that at home looks very different now. But that's a real interesting matchup. I think a lot of that would depend on how healthy Tennessee is. But I probably still lean Kentucky in that game. But then Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville. Louisville had a nice week, uh, had a nice win last week. You know, they looked like they had fallen off the earth. But then they go get BC and look pretty good in that game. So I, I think if, if Kentucky finds a way to get past this game, you, you're going to be staring down the barrel of a historically good season for Mark Stoops. And we've kind of sort of moved away from that a little bit. Not really sure why, because their only blemish came to the best team in college football. And, you know, they did some good things against that team. So we'll see. But I, I think it's got a chance to be an interesting game just because it's a total, total contrast and style game. Brad White does not get enough credit for how good a defensive coordinator he is. I think Will Rogers playing great football. It's just that they can't seem to score in the red zone sometime. And then weird things happen to them, like punt return for touchdowns that shouldn't count and mm. things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a weird season. I won money thanks to that, by the way. I won money thing. And I will never uh, not be appreciative of the SEC officials for that one week. Um, I hope there's a non-candy, non uh, – what was the show that you asked Mike Leach about uh, a couple of weeks ago? Um, yeah, that was uh, – you know, listen, here's the thing about Mike Leach. When you meet with him, you, uh -huh. have, your, you have your TV meetings with him, you can ask him 100 football questions, and you're – you're never really going to get great answers, uh -huh. but if you veer off and away from football, he's going to give you really good answers. Oh, so, I, I, I agree. So I, I'm just saying if we avoid those two things to find something also different about it, I'd like to hear about that too. So if like, there's another like niche we can find in the um, uh, Mike Leach wagon, I'd love to hear about it. So. Uh, well, I mean, I'm open to suggestions. Okay. Um, so you know, you, you throw one out for me there. If you, if you think there's a direction we should go. Mm. Um, I have your number. I have your number. I may text you, take, text you a suggestion. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, um, we've done, we've done Netflix shows. Yeah. We know that he, he watched outer banks seasons one and two. That's the name of the show. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Okay. We also know that uh, he watched it because of the trees in the water. That's right. Not many would give you that answer. And now, <laughs> uh, you know, we got the Halloween candy um, question last week. I don't know. Maybe we go costumes. Like, what was his favorite costume? Okay. If he were now, to dress now, up again, what would it be? Now we're know. now now we're talking because like the 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 candy thing has already gone all through Starcraft. Volleyball team is giving him candy and stuff like that. The ones he like. We we should maybe. And if he says pirate, you're gonna melt the internet. You know that, right? Yeah, and I thought about um, – so one that I thought about, and I'll just kind of – I'll throw this in here for you. Um, okay. Sorry, we got things – I got notes here, like that I'm having things going on at the house. So oh, yeah, that's how we, I've kept you like – That's, our normal, that's our normal way of communication there, just writing each other notes. Yeah. Um, so I, my son is actually dressing up as a pirate for Halloween. There you go. Okay. You got an in. So Cole, you got an I, in. I thought, I thought, do I take a photograph and show it to Leach and say, 
you know, how would you grade my son's pirate costume? Now I'm in. And that yeah. got, that kind of gets the ball rolling on that a little bit. Now I'm in. Now I'm 100 percent in. That that that's what. Or you do. or do I? And this is assuming that they win the game, which could easily not happen. Do I take like two eye patches to the game, and if they win, for our post game interview, we both wear an eye patch. Oh, okay. Uh, so one definitely has to happen and it can happen. The other is contingent upon a win. Uh, would he do it at halftime though? Like if they're leading it? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, he's Cole. not going to, I don't think he would do it at halftime. That's like, that's not going to happen. So. All right. Cole. It is hey. Hard. hey. Uh, that was uh, Cole's wife and Cole's ba- Cole's yep. got a uh, 200 members of his family that he just keeps birthing them out. It just, you got a gorgeous family, Cole. And I, and I, and I miss seeing you, you guys. Um, you guys are uh, awesome and were a big part of my life. And uh, maybe one day we'll get to see each other again soon. But um, he's been Cole Kublick of all those networks and beyond. Um, Cole, thank you so much for time. Safe travels and we'll be in touch, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it, Arky. Always good being with you. Arg. Arg. Can the little one give us arg? He doesn't say much. Can you say hello? Hi. Can you say hey? I just got a smile. I got a smile out of that. That's okay. Hi. 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 I got a 12-month-old. I got a little baby of my own. Jaden. Yeah. He'd smile at you. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's uh, about his nap time, so he's tired. Uh, same here. Cole, appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. Anytime. We'll see you. What is the best university ever? Welcome to Iowa, where you can write your own story. Choose from over 200 areas of study, including a dozen programs ranked in the top 10. Roll up your sleeves and try something new. You never know where it might take you. This story is written, directed, and produced by you. Learn more at uiowa.edu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.